we have been getting some great information. Yeah. Amen. And however, you know that we are uh, a spirit, not just a spirit-filled church, but a spirit-led ministry. And the messages that I give to you, they are from Holy Spirit. They're not downloaded from uh, Google. They're downloaded from heaven. So today, just let me digress or divert um, or deviate, rather, from that teaching, and we will pick up when we resume. But Holy Spirit wanted me to exhort you today in the area of choices. Someone say choices. Uh, say it like you mean it, choices. Amen. So this is pretty much, it's, a prof it's prophetic in nature, but it's a message of exhortation. So I wish to caution you earnestly as well as admonish you urgently. I said again. So my purpose today is to caution, bring about caution to you earnestly while admonishing you urgently. So it's this is more of a course correction exhortation. Yeah, I like that. A course Correction, and just let me say, uh, in Hebrews two one, the word of God's word of God reads this way: So we must be more careful to follow what we are taught. We must be careful so that we will not be pulled away from the truth. Jesus is the truth. <laughs> in fact, He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm. Uh, I want to use this quote only because it, I think it fits within what we're sharing today. And these are a couple of quotes by Earl Nightingale. And it reads, the first one reads, a good deal of, what are we talking about today? Choices. Say it again. Choices. Choices. Because there are a lot of people mad at God. <laughs> Frustrated at God. Uh, and some are even saying that the sufferings that perhaps they're experiencing are designed by God. While in fact, a lot of what some individuals are dealing with uh, are as a result of bad choices. <laughs> a good deal of frustration and unhappiness could be, could be avoided if people would just do what they know they should do. You've heard that before. You've heard me say it on different, in, in a different way, but a good deal of frustration, do you hear this? And unhappiness. Uh, I would even insert lack, not enough. Being unhealthy, not committed, could be avoided if people would just do what they know to do. Another quote by him, people are where they are because that is exactly where they really want to be, whether they admit it or not. Oh, I say it again. People are where they are. Now, of course, we're talking about people who are making bad choices. Now, there are some things that you cannot control. 
okay? So we're not saying, oh, well, you know, God forbid a tornado came to town and, and wrecked your house and now you temporarily stand with relatives. We're not saying that was your choice, okay? Because about nine of you are looking like that's not true. But people are where they are because that is exactly where they really want to be, whether they admit it or not. So I want to say choices. And and see, again, I want you to think. Think. We're already in the month of April. It'd be Christmas time here in a moment. And, and, And we just, on April 1st, we just entered the second, what they call the second quarter of the year. And already a great majority of believers have regrettably regressed. They're nowhere near, man of God, what they professed on January 1st, 2022. You know, that new resolution that this can be my, oh, Lord, I'm becoming, oh, Lord, you can trust, oh, Lord, this can, oh. They're nowhere near where they could be if they would only do sister givens what they know to do. That's why it's not enough just to be hearers of the word. We must be doers of the word also. And for many, listen to this, it's not that they lack dexterity or skill, the know-how. It's not that that they don't possess the tools, men of God. Their downfall lies within, listen to this, their agreement to make more choices. So their downfall is a result of them coming into agreement, Pastor, with bad choices. Do you hear this? So for a lot of people, they are going through what they're going through is because they have agreed with the bad choice. They have came into line with those bad choices. And as a result of those choices, and we talked a little bit about this on Wednesday night, many have lost their momentum. There's been a diminution or a decline of strength, energy, and power. Why? Because I've lost my momentum. Are you here? And guess what? God, for most, have gotten the blame. So they're unfairly saying that this is God. And let me tell you what the devil will do to you. He'll wear you down so much that you will believe that lie and cause you to distance yourself from the truth, from the Lord. Are you here? Proverbs 19 and 3. What are we talking about? Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions, and then they blame the Lord. Let me say that again. <laughs> Let me tell you something, man. God gives you shepherds after his own heart for, for a reason. And what he deposits into that leader for you, you can't get from another saint who's sitting next to you or you fellowship with apart from Not that they cannot give me things, but there's something in your leader that God has deposited to him or her for you. 
So we have to be careful who gives us wisdom. Because we often move in the direction of those who really have a lot of influence on us. You better be careful who you're listening to. Some people ruin their lives by their own stupid actions and they and then blame God. Notice those bad choices have created a loss of momentum. And we said this, and you've heard this Wednesday night, an unbalanced force, listen to this, always accelerates an object. An unbalanced force always accelerates an object, either speeding it up or slowing it down. So when it comes to this momentum thing, if someone is ahead of me, that's an unbalanced force. And if I latch with them, that's going to pull me, that's going to speed me up in the right direction. If someone is behind me, that's an unbalanced force. And if I can connect with the wrong force, it's going to pull me back. And again, a lot of our momentum has been on the decline is because we have joined forces with the wrong individuals. How you listen to this? That's why, listen to this, that's why who you know, listen to me, where you go and what you think you know is vitally important. i say it again. It's very important who you know, where you go, and what you think you know. Why do you say what you think you know? Because sometimes what we think we know is not the truth. So it's important that you know the truth. Because whatever you believe, even though that's not a reality, that thing will become a reality to you. So it's important that what you think you know. But the Word of God says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Are you here? 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 10. Now, listen to some of the things I'm saying. Momentum, environments, people, places, things. And the same thing that I'm about to share with you, with you relative to the church at Corinth, is prevalent today, going on today. And I would say even worse. But the most Serious problem of the Corinthian church, listen to this, was worldliness. Someone say worldliness. Say it again. So the most serious problem of the church at Corinth was worldliness and unwillingness to divorce the culture around them. So that was their biggest problem was divorcing the culture that was around them. And see, one of the things that you have to do once you are born from above is re-examine your culture. Because you are now of a different culture, talking about the body of believers. Your culture has changed. So it's important now that I glean with people of the same fold. Or else, what I've heard would cause me to drift away. Why? Because I have joined forces that unbalanced culture 
So now you're, are you listening? This message, I'm not, I never get up trying to make you shout because I'm not here to appeal to your emotions. You hear? That's the other, that's south. You don't bumping and jumping, you have to go north. Are you with me? The Lord wants your life transformed. We want to see you transformed. The most serious problem of the Corinthian church was whirling. Someone's alarm is going. I can hear it in here. Okay, there you go. Thank you, sir. The most serious problem of the Corinthian church was of the Corinthian church was worldliness and an unwillingness to divorce the culture around them. See, our first mistake, we think that our culture is just, you know, like the world, the club, the, you know, the marketplace. No, it's those people in your inner circle. It, your culture are those individuals that we call friends. The culture are those places where we often hang out. The culture of those things that we engage in. Are you listening? So most of the believers could not, listen to this, they could not consistently separate themselves from their old, selfish, immoral, and pagan ways. So it became necessary for the Apostle Paul to write to correct this as well as, listen, as, well as command the faithful believers to break fellowship with those who were living idolatrous lives. Now, let me say something. Again, Paul is writing to command them to break fellowship with those who are living idolatrous lives. When we say idolatry, it extends beyond the worship of an image. You can be an idol worship over putting a person above God. You can be an idol worship putting a hobby, putting work above God children, yourself. So idol worship is anything that you have elevated above God. Now you are an idol worship. Yeah. Let me ask you this. In your culture, is Jesus first in the lives of those you call your close friends. It's Jesus first in their life. Just look, I'm just asking. It's rhetorical. I'm not seeking a response. I want you to think about it. And y'all answering, I hear some of you, man, no, no, no. It's just, just for you to meditate on. <laughs> think about. What's his life like? Does he ever talk about God? What's his worship like? What's his lifestyle? See, these things are important, beloved, because bad company corrupts good habits. Let me tell you when you lost your momentum. If I'm hanging around another Christian and we're both and we both lack commitment, I'm losing my momentum. I have joined forces with the wrong. I have made a poor choice. So that's why I said this is a message of urgency, exhortation to, you know what, let, let, me, let me course correct. Because what happens, man of God, if you think it's God, guess who you're going to be upset at? And guess what that's going to kill? 
your motivation. Why, why should I go to worship? And the Lord is doing it. Why should I give? And, and, and the Lord is doing it. If, if, if he is the impetus behind the trouble, why in the world am I motivated to worship him? Why I want to be committed and all of this, daughter, I'm saying is of God. It's the culture. You fern well, you can attribute a lot of it to your culture. Oh, yeah. So here in verse, verses 12 through 14, or actually starting at, at verse 1, the Apostle Paul or giving these people who had a hard time divorcing their culture some Old Testament examples. And, and first, let me say this. What we're about to read is one of the most misquoted and misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. So we're gonna, we have to get that straight first. And, and I love when my bishop say this. Well, Pastor, how can you say it's one of the most quoted, misquoted? Because I can read. <laughs> Let me tell you what Paul is not, in capital letters, saying. Let me tell you what he is not saying. He is not saying God won't put more on you than you can bear. That's what he's not saying. Because oftentimes we, people use this scripture to say the Lord won't put more on you than he can bear. There's nowhere near that. Are you listening? The reason why I didn't get any, very few, the reason why I got very few amens is because many believe that God, you, you don't heard, well, God ain't put more on you than you can bear. Did you hear the response? I was like, mm. man of God, I got that. Interesting. That's what I do when I hear people talking nonsense and misquoting scripture and, and you, you, you know, interesting. Because sometimes it could be something, hey, I need to investigate it. Maybe, I don't know. That, 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 that's, that's a new one on me. Interesting. So before you just co-sign on everything, Interesting. Some of you go, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Bible does say that. So what he is not saying, he's not saying God won't put more on you than you can bear. That is what he's not saying. You see, that saying, man, God has become a popular ad, adage, as they say, a saying that people say, and because of its popularity, people automatically assume that it's true, then they go about attempting to live their lives by it. Why would you take on that? That's not of God. Again, we know that things will try to come. The Bible tells us that in this world you're going to have, what, troubles. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world, Jesus says. Then he tells us that those, anyone born of God, overcomes the world. 
And it is our faith or our agreement with God that gives us the victory. So we're not trying to say that things won't try to come. What I'm saying is that everything that comes, quit saying, is designed by God. Some things are a result of people's bad choices. And a mature saint will be able to distinguish the difference. So we first have to understand that God is not putting anything on you. And if you've been following, if you've been listening to the teachings uh, on the gospel, you'll know that I'm at peace with God. I'm not God's enemy. I'm not an enemy. Hey, hey, I'm at peace with God. Listen, beloved, the Lord gets no pleasure out of seeing any of his children experiencing hardship. God, God doesn't get a kick out of you going through or in some type of pain or bad situation. He's not malevolent or this God inflicting harm on individuals who weighs his children down with evil. Are you here? Pain and suffering. What, what pleasure does God get out of that? When Jesus was bruised. So you wouldn't have to be. Listen, the chastisement. What you should have got for your peace. He took it. So why do I still take, why am I still taking it? Again, I'm not saying there's not consequences behind crazy choices. Because the scripture tells us that your own wickedness will correct you. You hear? Paul was reminding the old uh, covenant Israelites, watch this. He begins to explain to them how they were exposed to miracle after miracle, but yet they continued to live sinfully or reckless lives. Sinful or reckless lives. In other words, the blessings were flowing, but again, they couldn't divorce the culture. You know, when you start coming up, you go right back to that same old folk that were no good for you in the first place. So he begins drawing the connection that these examples were the these were the examples that they needed to look at, talking about the old saints, and choose a different path not repeat history. He was saying, look at what happened to them. We don't want to repeat history. You hear? Matter of fact, look at verse 6, 7, and 8. Let's see something. So the history lesson and warning had led up to verse 12. But uh, he says, now these things occurred, what, as examples to keep us from Setting our hearts on even things as they did. So he's giving them example of those of old. Do not be what? Idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up and indulged in reverie. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23, what? Thousand were. So he gives them warning to, hey, don't, don't be like them. Okay? Then in verse 12, Notice, see, 
He was, he, what he was doing is what I'm doing, a course correction. That's why in verse 12 he says this. Look at verse 12. He says, therefore, let him who thinks he stand take heed, lest he fall. Now, I got it. Listen. See, even, even you, and parents, you've probably done this explain to your youth. They may be in an environment, daughter, where they're doing whatever. I'm not doing it. You don't have to be doing it. The environment will eventually create a taste for you to want to do it. So if I don't put myself in that environment, whether I'm doing it or not, whatever it may be, I don't have to worry about being tempted to do it. Well, I ain't, I ain't smoke crack, but if you're sitting up with crackheads all day, I don't smoke crack, pack. I don't smoke crack, pal. And I need my friend, and this is not to, I'm not, this is, no, I'm not, I don't know who been off what or did what. So this is not picking on former crackheads, okay? Matter of fact, if you're a new Christian in Christ, I, I, my mind said would be like, you ain't talking about me. He died. I ain't never smoked crack. Don't be saying what you're saying about. It don't be saying. Oh, stand up. No, I don't know. He died. She died. Making a point. But if I'm hanging in that environment, if I'm just sitting, chopping it up, as you like to say, sir, it's going to eventually create a desire, curiosity. Hmm. Because when you see how they act, hmm, feeling and Guess what you want to do? When a, when a man told me one time uh, uh, that, that crack was better than being with his wife, I knew right then that ain't something I ever want to try. You ain't got to, it better than being with your wife? I hurry up and ran away from him. <laughs> well, I couldn't run away because he was a member. But, but see, we are laughing, but the wrong culture is just that addictive. And the vice may not be cracked. It could be whatever. But if it's, if, if it's a force that's pulling me in the wrong direction, I don't want to be anywhere near it. Thank you, sir. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed what? Lest he fall. He's saying, watch out. We have history to look at. These people had a glorious and amazing experience. And watch this. Just because, you know, you coming up now does not mean that you will continually, inherently, in, yeah, but continue to live a godly life. No, I need to be the more, I, I need to be all the more focused as God increased me. And we just automatically assume when the blessings come in, you can be that much more faithful. No, 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 no. You still got to make right choices. That's what gets me about saying sometimes. I've seen people, man, they, you couldn't move them from God when they didn't have anything. And the moment they, I, we remember buying a car for a member. You, some of you who may remember this. 
uh, uh, sister used to walk to church. Oh, Lord, did that just, Lord, she's walking. She's walking to church, praying everything. We bought a car. And I asked her one day, well, everything good? Uh, I forgot what time prayer was. But when you was walking, you knew exactly what time. And this is not, God bless Listen, my point is, as God increase you, you need to make sure you stay that much closer to him. Why? Look at what verse 12 says. Therefore, let him think he stands just because you, you, okay, let's not get the big head, as they say. And let me say this. I will write this down. When you come up, don't put God down. When you come up, daughter, don't put him down. Said, remember Israel of old. Now let's look at this because what he's not saying, and, you know, because some of y'all still saying, no, no, no. He, 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 he need to explain God ain't putting this on me because I don't told everybody God put, God ain't putting this on me. I don't, I don't told everybody God put this on me. Let's, let's do this. Let's read. No. Temptation, trial, test, watch this, has overtaken you except such as is common to man, right? But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able First, let's look at what he said. First, he said, no temptation has overtaken. Things that are happening to you are common to everyday, ordinary people. First. Then he said, but God is faithful. So when those everyday, ordinary things happen, and when you are led straight by, your, by uh, those things that you have allowed to tempt you, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may bear, that you may be able to what? Bear. Nowhere in that does it says he will not put more on you than you can bear. Are you here? Let's look at it. Next, Paul goes into temptation and reminds the Corinthians that this is ordinary. He's basically saying you're not maneuvering anything that others have not had to maneuver, past or even present. You know how them saints speak, man, man, things are hard. It, it, people look like you're not the only one going with, through something. Notice going through. I mean, you're headed toward the exit. You keep moving. Basically, he was saying, this is nothing foreign. You are not alone. Let, let, let me tell you why. See, see, we, can, we, we, we take this passage and say God won't put more on you than you can bear. Okay? 
Go to what's verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. Go to James 1.13. Listen to what I'm about to say. Whenever, listen to me now because you need to hear what I'm saying. Whenever people are tempted, just because God permits it does not mean that he planned it or purposed it. I don't mind shit. Why? Because he himself, he himself does not tempt anyone with evil. So just because he permitted it doesn't mean I planned it. You chose to do it. I'm just going to make sure that that foolish thing you chose to do don't get too heavy for you. That's how good I am. Y'all missed it. I didn't put it on you. I'm just not going to let this thing weigh you down. Why? Because I made a way of escape. What would be the purpose of him putting it on you? Is say, well, here's the escape right here. That's like becoming a prisoner of war. And they say, well, here's the key. You can let yourself out at the other end. What's the whole purpose of me being? Are y'all here? So just because he permitted it doesn't mean, okay, watch this. Just because God allowed it don't mean he planted a purpose you could, you could, Sister Gillum, you could choose right after service. To walk into any store, put a mask over your face, a pistol in your purse, and play stick-up woman. And the Lord will let you walk in there. Now, I'm assuming the Holy Spirit probably try to, hey, don't do it. Don't do it. But I, I cannot go rob a store. They throw me down, beat me like Rodney King. God bless his soul. Then I say, God, here I'm sitting in jail talking about God won't put more on me than I can bear. Just Now, just because God permitted that to happen doesn't mean that he planned it and purposed it. Your crazy, erroneous choice led you to, are y'all here? <laughs> James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate. What? It does not what? Does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. So when it says no temptation is overtaken, if they don't originate from God, I know he ain't the one putting this on me. Are y'all here? Watch this. I am being, uh, let no one say when he's tempted, I am being tempted by God for uh, temptation does not originate from him, but from our own flaws. Do you see this? For God, see, that's, that's what you, look, you can go jump up and get connected to the wrong person, then be calling me, tell the pastor, what do you want me to do about I don't know why God, I don't know why God testing our marriage. God didn't tell you to get married in the first place. Not to her. 
not to him. Are y'all here? And see, we, again, trying to escape and deny responsibility for our own actions. Why? Because it's so much easier to find somebody else to take the blame. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. Guys, God is not the one creating the object of our, of our temptations. God is not the one doing it. Listen, we're talking about this pericope of Scripture, these, this unit, the verse that we're talking about. And what we're reading, Brother Jackson, Paul is not saying that God won't put more on you than you can bear. Not here. He's not saying that. No word. Matter of fact, where do you see that in this text? Go, go, go back to 1 Corinthians. No temptation has overtaken you except what? What is common to man? You see, again, you got to remember what type of environment that we're in. Promiscuity was prevalent. Idolatry. P people were running rampant in all types of things, ungodly living. And guess what? These temptations were heavy on those who could not divorce that culture. So that's why he says, no temptation. What, what all this stuff around me has overtaken you. You got the same thing happening to other people. Are you here? Then he says, and who is faithful? God is faithful. He would not, this is what he says, he would not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. Do you see that? Do you see that? So when I'm led astray by those temptations, God would not allow me to be tempted beyond what I can bear. Why? Because he's faithful. That's why leaning on him, you get the answer to your way of escape. In other words, let me say it like this. I know you may, I know you slipped, made a bad choice. I know this thing is heavy, but I'm faithful. And if you lean on me, I will show you the way out. That's what he said. I know it's heavy. Because you know how people are going, Lord, it ain't, Lord, it ain't so burning. And first he said, listen, your neighbor across the hall deal with the same things in the same. So you, first he said, this is nothing strange. Things like this happen when you led away straight by your temptations. And see, you know, it's almost like it's heavy, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't what you thought it was, is it? Now lean on me and let me show you how to get out. Are y'all here? Notice something else Paul alludes to. He alludes to the idea that our temptations are connected to our choices, decisions, situations that we have power over. So you don't have to succumb to them. See, see, that's why the look, the wrong environment will only reinforce the wrong decisions. 
the right environment will, will only reinforce the right, give you that momentum. So we don't have to fall into things. Some things, Brother Damon, we are experiencing, we could have avoided had, we, had not we made that choice. Who gets this? Look, 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 it's enough going on in the world for God to take time to put more on you than you can bear. Matter of fact, he is the burden remover. And if you're going if, if, if to quote taking this burden, quote, hey, but uh, what, what Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden, like. A, a, a light burden doesn't sound like more than I'm able to handle. Are you here? So people, people, people carrying stuff, in, 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 and the Lord like, you foolish person. You don't even have to be going through this. And let me help some because I see some getting that little con condemnation look. You're not condemned. So, so see, look, being tempted isn't the sin. Acting on the temptation is what caused you to fall short or miss the mark, that word sin, to miss the mark or to come up short. It's when you give into it that caused you to. No, no, notice what Paul says. He said he would not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear or what we have the ability to say no to. <laughs> but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. See? Not putting more on you than you can bear. And then, then how, how do we know what, what? Because if truth be told, when it comes to bearing things like that, we have very little tolerance. <laughs> no patience at all. <laughs> Are you here? Then verse 14, Paul throws in this beautiful transition statement. Notice he says, uh, we should always pay attention. Anytime the scripture says, therefore, it's therefore for you to pay attention to. Go to verse 14. Then he says, therefore, my dear friends, flee. From, see, so the whole thing is they were engulfed in their environment. Again, idolatry, daughter, is not just the worship of a golden image or some type of statue. It's putting other things in the place of God. So he said, matter of fact, if you want to mitigate some of these uh, temptations, flee from idolatry. If you don't want to keep going through this, Get out of those environments. That's what he's saying. Anything that's keeping you, anything that's uh, taking God from being first in your life, get out of that environment. Put it down. Leave it alone. 
Are you here? That's what, in other words, he's saying, run from anything that you are elevating above God. That's what he said. He said, listen, you want to make things easier on yourself? Hmm? Notice, he said, if, you, if you're going to get this right and not have temptation beyond what you can handle, then inspect your life and stop and run from any area that has become an idol. I need to say that again. But what I want you to see between verses 12 and 14, nowhere, nowhere in that does it come close to God putting more, you, more on you than you can bear. These people were in idolatry, idolatrous activities. In other words, they, they were engaging in things where God was no longer first. And as a result, it brought about uh, uh, temptations or pain, if you will, trouble. Are y'all here? Look at verse 13. Ah, ah. Yeah, uh, so no temptation is overtaking you except what is common to man. But God is faithful. So these things that you have allowed to lead you in error or lead you away and now have overtaken you. Yeah, that's the word, overtaken you. He's saying, listen, God is faithful. If you lean on him, he'll show you how to get out of it. But the point I want you to see is that what they were going through came as a result of their temptations or giving in for some into their temptations, minister. That's what led to the issue, not God. If you read this, it's telling you how they ended up where they were. How? Giving in to their temptations. So if this came as a result of me giving in into my temptations, why am I walking around saying God? Won't put, no, let me say it this way. How did, I, how did I get God won't put more on me than I can bear out of that? And I was led away by my temptations. So, so we just can't get caught up in religious colloquialisms and just, 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 just buy into stuff. Listen to what people are saying. We were somewhere Friday night. And, uh, Went to see Bishop, and they were, you know, doing old school songs, nothing wrong with that. Thank God for the old school flavor. But one of the old school songs were not lined up, and I looked first and said, hey, I'm not quoting that. <laughs> see, see, people, I, I'm serious about my relationship with the Lord. Now, people can play about what they want to. No, no, hey, 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 you, you, you can speak gloom and doom over your life if you want. I'm not doing that. So I'm, I'm not getting into agreement with some foolishness. And people wonder why they still wrapped up and tied them, tangled up, because you quote nonsense. And I'm going to tell you, Satan will wear you out, and you will believe that you'll be walking around, this stuff don't work. Ah, nah, 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 only the preacher, the only one being blessed. You start hearing stupid stuff. There's a lot of saints that aren't preachers living the God kind of life because they're choosing to make... See, people who quote stuff like that, 
you got to change your culture. You, you're around the wrong culture. So Paul is saying if you want to make, your, if you want to make this easier on yourself, if you're going to get in, if you're going to get this right and not have temptation beyond what you are able, he said, then you have to inspect your life, stop and run away from any area that has become an idol. So take a moment and think about where have I taken God out of the first place? Are you here? Just think about that. I'm done. Where have I slacked up in the area of my worship? And, and beloved, I'm going to tell you, in this same um, letter, notice Paul talking to people who were running, who were out of control. And he, he was talking to believers, right? In, in this same letter, you know, they, they were so out of control, you know, one of the boys slept with his father. That, that's how low down they were doing. They were just... Then he goes to say, listen, you know, the saints wasn't worried about it. A lot of them, now you always got the, the faithful crew, but the majority, it, it, you know, it, most people who are not worried about it probably out there with you. I don't see anything wrong with it. In some cases. Why y'all looking at me like that? What that scripture? Are you here? So he goes to say, and I'm making the point. He goes far as say, "Listen, don't even sit down and have lunch with a Christian brother or sister. That is, because we, okay? Who's a slant? Who, who slanders? Who, 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 who extorts? Who's who practices promiscuity? He goes to this great. He don't even sit down and eat dinner with such a." It's the culture. And I submit to you, it, 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 again, we're in the second quarter. We should be gaining momentum, not losing momentum. And I submit to you, if you lost momentum, I want to admonish you to reevaluate your culture. Let me tell you where to start first with those who are naming the name of Jesus. And stop looking at people's words and start looking at lifestyles. You missed what I just said. I didn't say listen to words. I said looking at their words. Because when they say something that puts images in your mind's eye, you know, they talk a good game and, 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 we, and we fail to look at fruit and lifestyle. Not, not, we're not saying people now are going to be perfect now. But there is a great difference in those who are committed opposed to those who are non-committed. It's the culture. And I submit to you, beloved, if things don't seemingly fair and well, don't blame God. Blame the man in the mirror. Come on, let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. 
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.